Welcome to Law in the Family, a production of the Pennsylvania Bar Association Family Law Section, providing insights for lawyers about the practice of family law in Pennsylvania. The information shared during this podcast is for general information purposes only. Nothing in this podcast should be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. This information is not intended to create, and receipt or listening does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and the podcast guests, and don't necessarily represent those of the Pennsylvania Bar Association. Hello, and welcome to Law and the Family, a podcast from the Pennsylvania Bar Association's Family Law Section. I'm your host, Aaron Weems. Today, I speak with Philadelphia Councilman Isaiah Thomas. Councilman Thomas has introduced an ordinance to the Philadelphia City Council that deals with name, image, and likeness. I think this is an important issue that's going to continue to evolve because it deals with the compensation of high school athletes. Recently, Pennsylvania has updated their higher education statutes to consider the fact that college students, college athletes in particular, can receive compensation for their name, image, and likeness, basically being able to do ads, endorse products, and things of that like, and get compensated for it. It used to be that that would have violated their status as an amateur, but that's changed as we've seen the money that is flooded into college athletics continue to grow. Recently, the PIAA began considering amending their bylaws to allow for the same to happen with high school athletes. Councilman Thomas came on to talk about his ordinance and talk about the impact that NIL can have on student athletes. Why I think it's an important discussion is because NIL will necessarily mean that minors are going to be compensated for their talents. My interest in NIL as it applies to family law is what happens with the compensation the child receives. We've seen in other areas where things like social security derivative benefits are going to be imputed to the custodial parent's income, but we don't know yet how an NIL deal may affect child support as income or as a basis to deviate from a support order. All those will come in time, however, but in the meantime, Councilman Thomas will help give us some insight and expertise as to why we need to pay attention to this issue. I'm pleased to introduce Philadelphia City Councilman Isaiah Thomas to the podcast. Councilman Thomas is a born and bred Philadelphian and has been serving on city council since 2019. He's a Penn State grad and has a master's in education from Lincoln University. Councilman Thomas, thank you for being here. And please take a moment to give our audience a little bit more background on you and your work with city council. Sure. So again, uh, my name is Councilmember Isaiah Thomas. I'm a council member at large. I represent the entire city of Philadelphia. And it's honestly an honor to serve the constituents of Philadelphia. I love fighting for those who are in need the most. And often that's our youth and young people. So outside of being a member of city council, in the context of today's conversation, one of the hats that I wear is I'm intricately involved in sports and athletics in the city of Philadelphia. I'm a former athletic director. I have a number of different initiatives that I'll reference throughout the course of our conversation. And I recently introduced a bill around name, image, and likeness, and I'm looking forward to today's conversation to be able to discuss that legislation. Thanks so much. And and let's start by talking a little bit about this concept of name, image, and likeness. I, I know, you know, if you even are a casual sports fan or even not at all, you've probably heard it in the news. Why don't you give our audience a little bit of insight as to what it means both generally and particularly with respect to high school student athletes? Sure. So what we've seen on the collegiate level is name, image, and likeness be something that has put the athletes, amateur athletes, in a position to be able to be financially compensated or compensated otherwise for their image, their name, and their likeness, which is something that has never happened before. Now that it has hit the high school level, we're seeing it happen all across the country and Philadelphia is no different. We anticipate it happening throughout the course of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And at the end of the day, what we want to do is get out in front of it. This is something that's totally new, something that nobody's ever seen before. So it's no real blueprint. So at the end of the day, as somebody who's intricately involved in the world of athletics, we're just trying to anticipate some of the problems that we might see 
come into fruition when you're talking about dealing with minors and do our best to be able to supplement solutions before they even present themselves. Let's talk a little bit about some of the issues that you foresee. I mean, when I read about high school athletes having access to name, image, and likeness deals, my immediate thought is something along the lines of child actors, where they are put in a position where they have the opportunity to earn compensation, earn income, and there are people in their lives that may purposely or accidentally take advantage or, or put them at risk of losing some of those opportunities. And just for the sake of the discussion, like I thought about the Jackie Cogan laws, you know, child actor in the 1900s who lost a fortune because his mother and his stepfather misspent it and was never able to recover it. And it led to laws to protect child actors. The ordinance you introduced sort of reminded me in a way of giving people the opportunity to have some education and safeguards put in place for those kids that might have these opportunities. Can you talk a little bit about the ordinance and what you hope to accomplish with it? I mean, the intentionality is exactly the same. And at the end of the day, what we're thinking about is a lot of the predatory practices and behaviors that we know exist and who could happen to a young person, especially a young person who's living in poverty that might not have the resources and the wherewithal to be able to read a contract, to understand the financial ramifications of signing a contract and to understand what that can and cannot do as it relates to the future of that young person and their brand. So what we try to do with our ordinance is to be able to offer those protections when we're talking about legal support, financial literacy, as well as transparency around taxes. We try to put ourselves in a position to make sure that young people have access to that information and to those resources so they can make the best and most informed decisions when opportunities present themselves, because we already know our great city is a city that loves athletics. And we know that we're going to produce a lot of young people who are going to put themselves in a position to be compensated for their name, image, and likeness. So we want to get out in front of it as soon as we possibly can. We anticipate votes coming soon, and hopefully uh, we'll have the things in place in the city of Philadelphia to be able to support our student-athletes by next academic year. I think that's great. And I think it's important maybe for people to appreciate the fact that it's hard to get a Division One or, or really any level of scholarship in, in college athletics. And certainly, the, but the, certainly there are kids. I mean, we all know stories of the amazing high school athlete that doesn't make it for whatever reason. And an ordinance like this strikes me as something where it could at least remove you know, one of those potential pitfalls, which is that other people taking advantage of that child's abilities and being able to have in place some some guidance for that. What types of advisors are you, in, you know, anticipating or envisioning being able to help with these types of kids? We haven't gotten to the weeds of that part yet, because at the end of the day, we have to think about a lot of different components around the type of deals that young people can get and try to get a hold on exactly how do we finance that as a municipality. So again, because it's something that's so new, it takes time for us to work with the administration and the proper departments. Uh, clearly, we're going to want people who are experts in the field. When we're talking about legal support, when we're talking about some type of financial support, we really have that same level of expectation. And at the end of the day, when we're talking about taxes and transparency, that's something that we're going to be asking businesses to do. And we're trying to figure out legally, what does that look like to assure that businesses are offering young people the proper information when they're being compensated for different things because everything isn't going to be a $10,000 or $50,000 contract. You know, there'll be other NIL deals that deal with products and things of that capacity. So young people need to know what liability comes with that as well as what they're responsible for as related to paying taxes and other fines and fees and issues that might present themselves. So that's kind of the little bit that, that interests me as a family law attorney is what happens when you've got a kid who's basically earning income because we have rules in place through right. Pennsylvania's child support code about dealing with things like social security derivative benefits, things that go to the child and how that income's imputed to a parent. And so, you know, from, from that standpoint, it's a, it's a great point, trying to help everybody understand how this child's being paid is, you know, 
are these types of things in, in your experience from what you've seen just studying the area are these traditional contracts are these 1099 employees what what have you seen that you could tell us a little bit about Honestly, I haven't seen anything, but talking based on talking to some experts and other folks who've done it in other states, we've seen a plethora of different type of contracts. And that's why for us, this is just the beginning. We're not quite sure exactly what direction this thing is going to go in because it's so unpredictable. There's no blueprint or not many municipalities that we can point to that can say that they've figured out exactly how to best support those that need support when it comes to these type of opportunities. So I can't necessarily pinpoint what we feel like it will look like as it relates to the type of contracts, because at this point, there's no regulation. So that's why we're trying our best to get out in front of it to make sure that people can be able to talk to experts to make the best decision that's available for them and their family and those that are going to be impacted by it. And as we begin to collect data and information and narratives and look at what's going on, we'll begin to provide more protections as we see fit. You know, and that's a great point that you made because I guess I failed to sort of mention from the beginning is that when we say that this is a new thing, it's very new. Pennsylvania, even for college athletes, only amended their sort of college education statute to account for name, image, and likeness for college students, you know, adults. That only happened last year. And the right. PIAA, the, the governing body of Pennsylvania high school athletics, they just amended their bylaws to account for this. And they haven't even voted it. It's not even official yet, right? Like they haven't officially taken a vote to allow this type of compensation. So it's, it's been amended, but it still needs a final read. That's, you know, just for the listening audience, that's how new this is, is that it's still literally going through the final process of being approved. Right. So, so, I mean, we're, we're really kind of anticipating, you're really trying to get, a, you, you, like you said, you're trying to get ahead of what could be sort of an unregulated situation. And, and in reading the PIAA's language, it sounds pretty restrictive. It doesn't sound, in terms of what a student athlete will be able to do, they really can't show any affiliation with their high school. But I think it's important to understand that, as you said, if you look at what's happening in other places in the country, these can be fairly lucrative contracts that, that these kids could receive based upon what they're doing. And, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about how that fits into college and recruiting. And if the PIAA is taken into consideration, or even if the state statute takes into consideration how these fit with sort of incentives to go attend one school or another. So I'm not quite sure, right? Because at the end of the day, we know that on one hand, you know, some schools are going to be able to offer more opportunities than others, depending on how they're allowed to be involved in the negotiations. But on the other hand, you would want as many protections and the best opportunities for the student athletes. So a lot of that stuff, I was actually talking to one of my colleagues in the state Senate, is kind of in fluctuation, it's still in fluctuation still. There are definitely limits that schools have as of the way the law is written right now. But the question is, is what direction will we be going and move forward? I, I'm not quite sure what direction we're going. I personally lean on the side of letting schools be a little more involved in the process than what's being discussed right now, because I think that that offers the best level of protection for young people. Right now, government is stepping up just to be able to try to supplement the fact that we anticipate that high school students will not be able to go to a coach or a teacher or someone else that's in a facility that has some type of academic experience and possibly a network to be able to help support young people throughout the course of that process, which means that they're on their own with their family. So this is why I'm recommending that government step up and supplement that. But I think that at least some of the protections that we're offering, if there could be a coordinated process with schools, especially when we're thinking about public schools, that to me, I think would be the, in the best interest of the young people. But at the same time, I do understand now that that will begin to impact recruiting because now people will be able to 
offer a different type of compensation to encourage different level of people to come to certain schools. And that could really put us in a position where you, you change athletics forever. So it's a tough conversation. There's arguments to be made both ways. I'm sure that my mind can be changed based on some of the things that happen, some of the anecdotes that come out, uh, because at the end of the day, it's so new. So I think it's the most important thing throughout the course of, of this for me is just to remain flexible, to keep my ear to the ground, and to try my best to make sure that as we hear narratives and as we find different issues that present themselves, we're trying our best to address them. So, I mean, that, that's a very tough question, honestly, and this is how I feel today, but I reserve the right to change my mind in the future. No doubt, because I think if there's one thing that we've learned is that this landscape is changing and the naysayers of when it first rolled out, thinking that college athletics would be changed forever. You know, certainly I think some changes have happened, but I think like anything else, once you have that period of time of things settling in and starting to get some regulations around things, things settle out and things normalize and you and you start to and you adjust. I think, you know, at the end of the day, these are the opportunity for a kid to have a chance to take advantage of their talent in this way is a phenomenal opportunity. Agree. 100% agree. And it could be a life-changing opportunity for them and their parents, not just athletically, but again, you know, it could really, really change young people's lives. And you want to make sure that that's protected. And I think that's our goal. So we're excited about it. We want it to happen. We just want to make sure we get it right. And I'm just kind of curious, like how much of this is sort of using Philadelphia as that sort of laboratory to see how effective this re- these types of regulations can be to try to help out the larger state? I mean, if we're able to find a system and mechanisms and resources that work and that support those that need to support the most, of course, we would be open to working with state partners and even other partners outside of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania because we want to protect as many young people as possible. And simultaneously, you know, I don't want to say that we're the testing pot because there are other folks who've already been doing this stuff for some time. So what we are trying to do is collaborate with folks who are doing this work. And that's why I said when we're looking at the timing as it relates to when this bill is going to be passed, you know, it probably won't happen until sometime in the first part of next year. And that's because, again, we want to get it right. We want to uh, talk to as many partners and resources as possible so we can make sure that we're putting together the best package to begin this conversation for the student athletes in the city of Philadelphia. But, you know, for me, a lot of this experience is, is grounded in the work that I've done, whether it relates to my camp, you know, that I mentioned before that I do every year. We service over 100 young people. I still coach high school basketball outside of, outside of being on city council. I work closely with my colleagues in the public league, as well as the PIAA District 12, which represents mostly Philadelphia public league and Catholic league schools. And I try my best to anticipate issues that we are facing, as well as issues that might present themselves to figure out what can be done. And I shouldn't say I, because this really is more of a collective uh, we talk to a lot of the experts and stakeholders who are really involved in leading this work to be able to get suggestions and recommendations on problems that they anticipate as well, too. So uh, we're going to continue to collect those ideas. We have to offer amendments. We will. We actually anticipate that we will and hopefully have something that works for the student athletes in the city of Philadelphia sometime early next year. Well, Councilman, thank you so much for the work you're doing on this issue. I do think it's an important issue. And I think it can uh, it can lead to a lot of great conversations about youth athletics and their role in our in our society. Thank you for taking the time today to talk to us about it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you to your listener audience for tuning in. And I would just encourage folks who really care about this issue to follow up with this, offer their suggestions, ideas, and recommendations. You know, I'm an open book. My office and my team. We want to hear from the people. Well, excellent. Thank you so much, Councilman. And we will hope to talk to you again soon when this is passed. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you again to Councilman Thomas for his time today. 
If you're interested in learning more about this issue, you can find resources on the page for the podcast. You can also check out Councilman Thomas's website with the Philadelphia City Council, where you'll find the ordinance and also some information about his activities in the space. I also encourage you to take up his invitation to contact him if you have thoughts and ideas related to this issue. Law and the Family is a production of the Pennsylvania Bar Association Family Law Section. To learn more or to join the section, visit the Pennsylvania Bar Association website at pabar.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And to catch up on every episode, join us at anchor.fm slash law in the family. A reminder that nothing in this podcast should be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. This information is not intended to create an attorney-client relationship. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and the guests and don't necessarily represent those of the Pennsylvania Bar Association. Thanks for listening and tune in for future podcasts.